Welcome in to the Paul Kuharski podcast. I'm Paul Kuharski from paulkuharski.com. We got the three mandatory mentions of my name in and we are off and running. Uh, big game. 0-2 Titans hosting the 0-2 Raiders. Um, I don't know that you could call it an elimination game from the Titans side only because the Titans division is so shitty. Let's be frank. I mean, um, Colts could be... Uh, you know, have a tie and two losses after a matchup with Kansas City this week. So, um, you know, I'm not going to say the division's going to be out of range, but the Titans are not a good football team right now. Um, and I don't know if the Raiders could make them well or not. Um, a lot of issues here. And we'll start with with the big one. Um, you know, Derrick Henry. Um, and, and I'm not blaming Derrick Henry for Derrick Henry's slow start entirely, but Derrick Henry certainly takes some of the blame here. He does not look the same by any means. He's getting caught in the backfield against Buffalo far too often. Um, it was a poor, poor game, and uh, he, he doesn't look himself. And a lot of people suspected he wasn't going to be himself this year after the Jones fracture last year. It's too early for the judgment on that for sure. And he's running behind maybe as bad an offensive line as he's had. Taylor Lewan was out after one snap. He's not dead yet. He's not on IR. Clearly went to LA to get a further opinion. Um, and, you know, maybe he goes on IR before the end of the week, but, you know, IR doesn't guarantee a guy's out for the season either. No way he's playing this week. So, uh, you know, all indications are Dennis Daly is going to be at left tackle again. You've got Nick Petit Frere on the right side playing in his third career game. Um, Aaron Brewer having some problems at, at left guard, undersized, smart, but that doesn't make him completely effective. Ben Jones getting older in the middle. Nate Davis, uh, you know, those are two guys that need to carry this line right now. Ben Jones and Nate Davis need to be the primary guys on this line. Um, but that's 40% of the line. Um, and, and they need to drag the rest of the guys along. And Derrick Henry needs to make, you know, chicken salad out of chicken shit. Um, in in a way here, um, doing the best that that he can. But let's look at Derrick Henry because part of the allowance that we've made for Derrick Henry here is that Derrick Henry is traditionally a slow starter, and so you know we're saying, well, we can't jump to a conclusion about Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is a traditionally slow starter. Um, you know, I asked him on Monday night in in Buffalo. You know, can you distinguish this? slow start from from you know your other slow starts and he didn't really have much to say about that 13 for 25 in buffalo 1.92 yards per carry he did get a touchdown but i think this was the fourth or fifth worst game of his career so i sat down to look at just how bad of a slow starter he's been <clears throat> in his career excuse me looking at his first two games and this is the worst start of his career, except for 2018, which was his first year as a starter. We're going to throw out 16 and 17 when DeMarco Murray and Deion Lewis were in the mix and were in front of him 
for whatever reasons, uh, right or wrong. Some of them are right, some of them are wrong, but he wasn't playing that. In 2018, <clears throat> he carried the ball in the first two games, 28 times for 82 yards, a 2.9 care uh, average, and uh, no touchdowns. That's the only year that's been worse than this, 34 carries for 107 yards and a 3.1-yard average. Other than that, 3.6-yard average is, is the worst that he's done. That was in 2020. And in 2020, he carried 56 times for 200 yards. That included an opener of Monday Night Football, 31 carries for 116 yards at Denver. I mean, that's 3.7 yards per carry. It's not fantastic production, but it's a game where they insisted on giving him the ball and, um, you know, did so with success you know, success in, in quotation marks at, at any rate is far better um, than anything he's done in these two starting games, 2019, his first two games, he had 19 carries and 15 carries, but he managed two touchdowns and a 4.8 average, his best average in the first two games of his career. Um. I mentioned 2020 had that game in Denver with 116 yards last year. Uh, you know, everybody was bad against Arizona, but he bounced back week two in Seattle and was 35 for 182 with three touchdowns, a massive week. He wound up with 240 yards in his first two games, a 4.6 yard average, three touchdowns in that second game. So, this slow start is of a different variety than the other slow starts, or we're really holding him to quite a high standard um, because these slow starts preceded something spectacular in many of these years. Is this slow start going to precede something spectacular? It doesn't feel like it. Uh, you know, They've got to be able to play something else. Not people don't back off of Derrick Henry, but you still got to be able to <clears throat> to make some plays behind him. I know they made some plays against the Giants behind him, but uh, they didn't they didn't offset the giant plays that would be made in, being made by the Giants. The two giant plays, and this offensive line is is a problem. The root of this whole thing, based on what the Titans have been, want to be, and have to be based on the roster construction on offense is Derrick Henry in this offensive line. And, and it's not going to start with Dennis Daly and Nicholas Petit Frere um, against Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. Tight ends are going to have to get in there. NPF is, is going to have Crosby. Daly's going to have Chandler Jones. And um, the tight ends are going to have to help there. Um, Jones and Davis are going to be the guys that have to elevate this line. I didn't see Ben Jones in the locker room. I'm recording on Thursday night. I looked for him Wednesday and Thursday. Nate Davis was on his way to the, the trainer's room on the one day that I saw him. He wasn't there the second day. I wanted to talk to those guys. The only offensive lineman I got a chance to talk to was Petit Ferrer. Um, you know, he said good stuff. They've said good stuff about the offensive line, but um, 
they got to get back to basics and they've got to push people around and win the line of scrimmage. And it does not seem right now like a group that's able to do that, but it's the NFL. And we've seen plenty of weeks where a group gets fired up, comes out in the right frame of mind and, and does that. If this group is going to do that, it really needs to do it. Um, It really needs to do it Sunday at Nissan stadium against the Raiders to get this team uh, some momentum in, in what could be a first win for it. Um, And it's got to start there because the Titans aren't built for an alternate path. As I said, Taylor Luan's not dead yet, you know, and it would be in the Titans best interest if he could resume playing. I don't know if that knee will be whole the rest of the way, but Taylor Luan with a, with a banged up knee back at some point is a better alternative than, than the Titans depth. And, you know, we could go all day, all day about the Titans roster construction on the offensive line, but Dylan Radins inability to step up here and be part of the solution that makes Luan's injury less of a big deal is a huge failure by John Robinson. Huge, as I say. I say it huge without the H. People want me to put the H on there. I'll put the H on there. Huge. These guys are talking about sticking with it. I wrote a piece on Thursday about the confidence failures here. There's no way some of these young guys, particularly in the secondary, starting with Caleb Farley, are not lacking in confidence after the way things have gone. I know that particularly is a bounce back position where you have to have a short memory and guys talk about all that all the time. But I mean, the body language during and after that game, just a beat down in Buffalo was horrible. I I know there's 24 hour rule and all of that. This team cannot be feeling good about itself. And Mike Vrabel talked about guys getting through it together, but you know, particularly in in uh, in Farley's case, you know, he's got to get through some of it on his own because guys aren't going to be with him when he's with Stefan Diggs or Jake Kumaro, who's not a good receiver, or uh, Devontae Adams, who is a very good receiver. Um Christian Fulton's still been limited the first two days of the week. They need him back desperately. They called in some some support from practice squads, Pittsburgh and New England. How quickly those guys would be ready to help remains to be seen. But uh, there, there's a lot of churn in the defensive backfield, which we thought should be all right, at least if they were healthy. Now we haven't really seen them healthy, but they've they've got to get it back. They got to get it back together over there. So here's Ryan Tannehill on confidence. You are talking through supporting guys the best way you can, encouraging in the best way you can. We have a lot of guys who we have a lot of belief in and who this team has a lot of belief in. We're going to need everybody to get this win on Sunday, being able to speak confidently to each other, build each other up and get ready to go so that we can play our best ball on Sunday. Now, typically I might, mock that a little bit this idea of speaking confidently to each other building each other up as part of getting ready to go but this football team has been really bad through two weeks 
And I say, whatever it takes for them to, what he says, get ready to go so that they can go play their best ball on Sunday, whatever it takes, whatever's necessary, uh, they've got to do it. And uh, I, I don't have any problem with that. I think Derrick Henry's got to have a little bit of doubt in his head, but he's got a, a big body of work to to lean on in terms of where his confidence could come from at this point, as opposed to, um, you know, the 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 most recent stuff, the proximity bias. He said, and I, I think guys have to feel good hearing this. It's a little ag- adversity. The sky's not falling. We know we'll be fine. Just stay with it. We know we've got the men in this building that will get it done. It takes a lot of hard work and improving. And like coach said, get back to the basics. Uh, This team with a lot of members on this team of, of this team that weren't on last year's team that went 12 and five and was the number one seed in the AFC place. Playoffs doesn't know the basics. That's, that's a problem. That's a problem. I think they should be able to rush Derek Carr. I mean, this offensive line for the Raiders is is not particularly special. You can read some good matchup information from Blake Bettingfield, whose file will be up uh, Friday morning. Um, and he's got some interesting stuff there. Jeffrey Simmons was uh, was not good in Buffalo. He did talk about rushing Derek Carr as opposed to rushing um, Allen in Buffalo and sounded, uh, dare I say, relieved at at the prospect. You know, uh, when I watch film, I see that he's sitting in the pocket. He he don't mind getting hit. He want to find them guys, you know, especially with uh, Devontae Adam. He want Devontae to give him time to get open. So it's like other than Josh Allen, he you in the pocket, he getting ready to move. And I think that's a... That's a good thing for D Lamas, um, especially game plan. I, I don't think you have to worry about all the contain as much, but you still have to rush with a plan. And um, like I said, it, it's, it's easier just playing, coming from a D lineman, easier playing a quarterback like this. But it's also, you know, challenging because how can we get, how can we affect them? Um, you know, because if he's going to sit in the pocket and want to make it throws, you know, we got to make him pay for it. So uh, I like the way Simmons sounded there and what he said. You know, it's a different challenge every week, but he thinks Carr will be there in the pocket, more available uh, to be hit. But Shane Bowen, the defensive coordinator, didn't want to go that far with him. He said, hey, uh, you know, Carr is capable of taking off and killing us, um, you know, if if we let him do that. So, you know, he and Josh Allen aren't exactly the same, but he can hurt you in the same ways. And we've got to be careful of that. So um, I wonder if he went back to Simmons and said, hey, man, don't don't say too much about, uh, you know, uh, a target who's going to stay in the pocket. They got to rush the passer and and influence the game. And this secondary can't hold up very long, you know, whether to no matter the degree to which Carr is improvising, they have to put pressure on and force him to get rid of the ball more quickly. The secondary can't withstand it without him, whether, you know, Fulton's back or not, whether Ugo Amadi is, is able to play or not with, with his injury, whether these new guys are are shuffled in or not. 
there's a lot to prove in that secondary and uh, the front's got to do its part to make that secondary not have to spend a, a lot of time on it. There's been a lot of talk this week about an empty formation that the Titans um, ran out um, during this the last week's game in Buffalo. And uh, look, I agree with you. I, I don't want to look up and see a um, an empty formation with a bunch of non-threatening players on the field. Torrey Carter split out. Derrick Henry split out, Jeff Swain. But, I mean, we do ultimately want to see the Titans create mismatches, right? And so what they're trying to do there is go big and spread it out against a a smaller defense, set up blockers to free the best eligible guys on the field. In that situation, it was Traylon Burks, and they had, um, you know, a slant to Traylon Burks that was open that they missed. So – I don't think that's a sin against mankind, you know, on one play seems like they're doing it more often than they talked about when we were asking them about it. You know, I don't have an objection when they go little and, and bunch people up against a a bigger formation and then against bigger personnel and try to run away from them. These are things that, um, you know, in the context of a winning effort, we wouldn't be, picking apart to the degree that we are. I don't know that they're the root cause of why the Titans are losing. Um, but when they're losing, they become an element of what we look at and are critical of. Todd Downing's obviously not doing a very good job right now. Um, and I don't know why they, you know, defending the toss sweeps, talking about two different kinds of toss sweeps. I mean, just take care of the obvious stuff. Taylor Lewan's out. Derrick Henry can't get going in the backfield. There are two reasons not to run tosses to the left. So don't run tosses to the left. Basic stuff that should be crossed out, that just be more simple. And I think that's kind of universal in terms of what everybody's looking for, hoping for, wishing for here. Um, Shane Bowen was rattling off the big plays from Buffalo, we know the big plays from the Giants game, too. So in two games, gave up 68-yard run to Saquon Barkley, 65-yard touchdown pass to Sterling Sharp where Christian Fulton got turned around, 33-yard run to Saquon Barkley, 46-yard touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs, uh, the 39-yard pass to Jake Kumaro uh, on – on Farley, maybe his worst play in Buffalo. There were several to choose from. A 33-yard run by the rookie Cook. Uh, Shane Bowen was uh, just rattling off these big plays, not making excuses for him. Just kind of, uh, I thought it was interesting how easily he just bang, bang, bang told us about three of them from Buffalo. Here's that. Uh, the couple from the other night. Um... Dude just got by Caleb. He got behind Caleb. Should have got behind Caleb. Um, we had one bust in a in a zone where we should have been deeper with our middle piece. Um, and then the last one, the touchdown to Diggs, we should have been on top of that all day. Uh, he did a little double move, broke out. The corner got nosy, and then he bursted on him. And we got to be on top of that. They're not going to survive those plays, particularly if the offense isn't offsetting them with equally big plays. You know, Titans were quick to tell us about their seven plays over 15 or 20 yards in the Giants game. But when the Giants are are doing 68 and 65 yards, it 
tend to cancel cancel them out, particularly if you're getting in the end zone. That's 284 yards on six plays with two touchdowns against the Titans. Um, you know, a team that had some trouble giving up big plays last year and don't, don't seem to have fixed it. So um, got to tighten up, got to tighten up. And again, I'm, I'm, it's not fair that more of it goes on the defensive front than the defensive front deserves, but that's who I'm looking to. I've got a lot more faith in Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry um, than I do in, you know, any of the corners right now. Certainly you've got faith in Bayard and, and in Hooker in the back end, but, you know, oftentimes they're cleaning things up. Uh, when it comes to to an outside receiver, they're not the primary guy. Caleb Farley's the primary guy. Christian Fulton's the primary guy. Roger McCreary's the primary guy. Ugo Amadi could be the primary guy. Um, pass rush has to do more than than its share, and uh, I'm looking to the big pass rushers to do that. Special teams, look, Craig Ackerman drives me insane. He he gets up at the podium. Special teams more often than not is a problem. Very rarely is it the reason they're winning games. He's always smiley. Look, the guy's allowed to be happy. He doesn't have to walk around with his head down being miserable. I know that's unreasonable. He's too happy for me for a guy whose unit is screwing things up for the Titans on a regular basis. You know, comes up to the podium on Thursday. Who's who wants to ask about the punts? You know. Everybody wants to ask about the punts, Craig. And then he's he's telling us over and over. He mentioned three times how eager people were to, you know, Kyle came up. Kyle wanted to keep returning punts, you know. Traylon wanted to return the punts. Uh, um, Hooker wanted to return the punts. Well, it's, uh, we don't care who wants to return the punts. We care who's capable of, of catching the punts competently, you know. Just the, this guy is the safest coach in the world. I won't be surprised if Craig Ackerman outlasts Mike Vrabel. And I think Mike Vrabel is going to be here close to forever. They can't go back to Kyle Phillips. He's muffed a punt in two consecutive games. They can't go back to Kyle Phillips. Now, it, you consider Hooker, who, who who muffed one, who's supposed to be, you know, super reliable. He muffed one in Buffalo, but they did get it back. Traylon Burks, who just seems to me to not be a good idea, but maybe. Robert Woods, who should be, you know, absolutely secure, but I, I wouldn't want to see him returning it. The, the, my big thing with all three of those guys is you can't get any of them hurt. They got safety depth issues behind Hooker. Burks, you know, is going to be a singular receiver for them. They haven't really turned him loose, and he's the only guy on the team. He's got seven catches for 102 yards. Next closest is Phillips with seven for 71 yards. And Burks has a 14.6-yard average. You know, Hilliard's got a bigger average, but he's got three catches, and that's from one game, you know, where he broke loose. You can't get Burks hurt on a punt return. I know you can't play to not get guys hurt, but there's a universal debate all the time about using – prominent starter i know burks isn't even a starter but a prominent player on special teams the woods coming back from an acl you know multi multi-year veteran is north of 30 
You're going to use him on spe- as, as a punt returner, really? I mean, I, I I hate to say it, but the best thing you could do maybe is bring up Mason Kinsey. Now, Mason Kinsey's not the least bit explosive, but he's going to catch the damn punt. Maybe he's going to get you five, six yards. I don't know. I mean, Phillips should be the guy, but you got to take him out for a while now and let him get his head right and figure everything out. I hate that they're in this situation. The kicker couldn't hit from 47 yards, but you got them to the perfect hash mark in the perfect situation. And now your returners, punt returners can't get the job done. They lost Trenton Cannon for the season, one of their top special teams guys. And, um, you know, at least Stonehouse is, is doing what they, what they expected from him. Um, really booming it. But, uh, If I were you, I'd be just disgusted at the punt return stuff. Disgusted by it. Um, How many Titans fans choose not to show up to this game already? One home game in. Uh, I'm sure Raiders fans put big bids on tickets even before the season. Some of them come from Oakland, Los Angeles, Las Vegas. Um, And there are Raiders fans all over the country. There are plenty of Raiders fans, I'm sure, right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and these teams with big fan bases, the Raiders right at the top of the list with the, you know, probably right there with the Cowboys invade Nissan stadium. It's not going to be 50, 50, but it'll look 50, 50 because Raiders fans will spend money on their tickets in the secondhand market. Some of them will have gotten them firsthand and they will be prominently located. Right. And so upstairs uh, there's not going to be a lot of tight a lot of raiders fans they'll be you know the fans that are upstairs will be predominantly titans fans downstairs the raiders will have you know half the seats or close to half the seats and uh it'll look bad and the titans always wind up looking bad i think the raiders are a lot like the titans in that they have significant significant depth problems you know they dumped a lot of mike mayock and john gruden guys um They've added a lot of old Patriots. That doesn't make them like the Titans. The Titans used to do that. Um, they brought in a terrible player in Rocky Sin. Attack this guy. Attack him. Don't overcomplicate. Here's a, here's a situation I was talking about uh, where Downing seems to overcomplicate stuff. This guy's a bad corner. He's been a bad corner every time you've seen him. Most recently where? In, in Indianapolis. Draw up stuff to go after him with anybody draw up stuff to get Burks on him and go after him. Then you get two for one. You get to go to Burks, who's your most upside receiver. And you get to go after your sin. Who's their most downside corner. Simple as that. Boom. Hunter Renfro, uh, you know, one of their big three with Devonte Adams and, uh, and uh, Darren Waller missed the first two practice days of the week with a concussion. Got to monitor that one. But, um, you know, Raiders are in the the toughest division in football. Titans are in the weakest division in football. Huge distinction between the two teams. Um, Titans, you know, could lose this game and still be in the playoff hunt ridiculously because the Colts um, are so bad, because the Jaguars – haven't proven anything yet and we don't know where they're going to go. And because we know Houston's not going to be anywhere in the race Raiders, you know, 
lose this one. And uh, I, I think they'll be looking from a long distance at the Chiefs and the Chargers. Um, and we'll have trouble probably with Denver as well. So it's a huge game for both. And um, the one who fails to get on track, whether there's a playoff path for them or not, just going to spend the remainder of the season, certainly the next several months, climbing and clawing and fighting in a way that is exhausting. Kevin Byard's about to play his 100th game. Kevin Byard, Devin McCourty uh, of the Patriots, and Deron Harmon, previously of the Patriots, now with the Raiders, are the only defensive players who've not missed a game since the start of 2016. Byard's just, uh, for all the talking we do of John Robinson's failures, which have come more recently, obviously, he is a great pick. He had one bad year when the Titans personnel overall was terrible. Um, but he's just been an excellent guy to watch. Um, there was a play last week in Buffalo where he looked like he was at fault and he wasn't. The safeties were supposed to come down and the corners were supposed to stay back. It was kind of a tricky defense. Kevin Byard, uh, a Titans institution. Tip our hat to a hundredth game of his career. It's just tremendous. Wanted to circle back to Derrick Henry. Um, as much trouble as he's having at the start of the season, we know he's capable of breaking out at any time. Um, and it'll take several more bad games for me to, uh, and for most of us, I think to, I'd probably be first in line to say it, but uh to say that he's on the downside. He is one touchdown and 96 yards short of 70 total touchdowns and 7,000 yards. And he would become the 16th player, and he will become the 16th player in NFL history to do it um, in his first seven seasons. And keep in mind, he only started four games in his first two years. If he gets there Sunday, if if he has a 96 yard game, and uh, and scores a touchdown on Sunday against the Raiders. He will get to that mark, those marks, 70 touchdowns and 7,000 yards in 89 games. He'll be the fastest guy in history. Think about that for a second. Jim Brown did it in 90 games. Edron James did it in 96 games. Maurice Jones-Drew, who I uh, used to – battle with in the Jacksonville locker room when I covered the division in the AFC South for ESPN. We're all right now. Did it in 99 games. So did Earl Campbell, 99 games. Derrick Henry would be the fastest guy to get to those totals. That is pretty damn remarkable. Pretty damn remarkable. One thing I wanted to say, uh, kind of correct myself or expand on something I said about Wyatt Ray, who the Titans signed to their practice squad this week. They lost Tack McKinley off their practice squad. He was signed away. Um, and so they needed an edge player for their practice squad. Now, it's hard to find your practice squad guy. They lost um, Anani, um, who got signed by Pittsburgh. And so you've got to find a guy who's nowhere, Um, right? So I'm not big on them recycling guys. They've cut or waived 
Wyatt Ray three times already. So I tweeted something about that. It's technically a little harsh because the pool that they're choosing from to find somebody to get on a 16-man practice squad who's not in the league in some way, shape, or form right now is very thin. So I can understand them going to Wyatt Ray at this stage because he's they need somebody to run scout team defensive edge, right? But when it comes time that they need an edge for the 53, it can't be Wyatt Ray again. They've been there and they've done that. So I was applauding them for, for going and getting, um, you know, a couple guys, um, Mitchell and Adams, off of other teams' practice squads for their 53. And this is what they need to do more of. They need to scout those practice squads and stop going back to the same wells and bringing their same guys back and back and back. We've seen the ceilings of these guys. Um, you know, I, I, w- I wish they were at a spot where Cody Hollister had used up his time and was on the practice squad and was replaced on the practice squad. But they're still at a point where Cody Hollister is their fifth or sixth receiver. Um, they need to graduate from this and refresh those spots on the roster with outsiders who have higher upsides than people like Wyatt Ray. So I hope they get to that point sooner rather than later. And maybe they're moving in, in the right direction. I gave Wyatt Ray a little bit too much um, beef considering what's available to them right now. We'll finish with statistics as we always do. Um, I also didn't squeeze in a plug. You should be a member of paulkuharski.com. Get everything I write. You're a member of a private Facebook group. I do broadcasts, uh, one during the week, one post game from the press box, where it's just me and members talking about what just unfolded or what's going on with the Titans. People seem to really like those. It's no nonsense, no gimmicks, just like this podcast. Blake Benningfield writes a scouting preview and a scouting review of every game. He scouted for the Titans for 19 years. Mike Herndon, who's a brilliant uh, analytics-based writer, has a column each week. It's some of the most original content on the Titans out there collectively from all of us, all for the price of a cup of coffee or a cocktail. There's no reason you shouldn't be a member. Go sign up, please. We'll finish off with a couple numbers from Inside Edge. The Raiders have thrown the ball 65% of the time this season. That's tied for the second highest in the NFL. The league average is 10% less. The Jets have thrown it 71.2% of the time. The Vikings are also at 65%. Titans having as much trouble as they are in the secondary. As I said, better rush the passer well, and those guys have to play better in the secondary. Derek Carr throwing the ball 65% of the time with Devontae Adams, Renfro if he's healthy, and Waller is a dangerous recipe. Recipe. Speaking of Adams, he's caught 12 touchdown passes in the red zone since the 2021 season, tied for second most among NFL receivers. Cooper Cup is number one with 16. Stephon Diggs tied with Adams for second with red zone touchdowns, 12 red zone touchdowns. Titans certainly uh, had their trouble with Diggs last week, allowing him three touchdowns. 
defending Darren Waller category, the Titans defense has allowed three first down receptions in the red zone. That can't be right. I'm reading you a bad. Oh, no. Titans defense has allowed three first down receptions in the red zone to tight ends since the 2021 season. Tied for the fewest in the NFL, Jacksonville and Denver have also allowed three. Uh, part of this statistic is due to Dane Cruikshank's excellent defense of tight ends last season. Dane Cruikshank is a member of the Chicago Bears now. I don't know that the Titans, uh, I don't know that we know how they plan to cover premier tight ends now. And again, they're beat up in the secondary. So we shall see what that plan is. I hope you have a great uh, weekend. Advertise the podcast to your friends. Please uh, rate, like, and subscribe. Listen to uh, me with Chad Withrow and Jonathan Hutton on Outkick 360. And whatever you do, don't block the box, but be sure to lock your locks. Thank you.